Hello, and welcome to this career cast brought to you by the Career Development Committee of the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma. I'm Prerna Ladha, a trauma and acute care surgeon at Metro Health Medical Center, Cleveland, and an assistant professor at Case Western Reserve University. Today, we're about to do something a little different and exciting, a career cast debate. As we navigate the world of academic surgery, we're often faced with opportunities, some that we have sought, others that come unsolicited. It is easy to be torn between wanting to say no, you already have a full plate, especially if you're not particularly interested, and saying yes, it's a chance to shine, and we're taught to never say no. With that, welcome to today's topic, saying no to opportunities, sabotage or strategy. Let me introduce our two debaters, both incredible mentors and educators who need no introduction. Dr. Bilal Joseph, Professor of Surgery and Division Chief at University of Arizona, Tucson. He is a well-known face at EAST and is currently co-chair of EAST Equity, Diversity and Inclusion in Trauma Surgery Practice Committee. And Dr. Jeffrey Claridge, Professor of Surgery and Division Chief at Metro Health Medical Center, Cleveland, Ohio, current East President and my terrific boss. Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much. And I don't know if this is a fair debate when you're debating the president of, of the society and it's an East podcast, but we'll try our hardest. <laughs> thanks, Prana. Bilal, thanks. I look forward to it. I hope you're having a happy holiday and I'm, I'm excited. This should be fun. So... Um, Dr. Joseph will be taking the stand of saying yes to every opportunity, and Dr. Claridge will be arguing to say strategic no's. Dr. Claridge, I have to pick on you. Would you like to go first? What? What? Well, let me think here. I am going to take this opportunity to say strategically no. I think it's more important to listen <laughs> first. And in the theme of my talk, I'm going to say no is strategically because I really want to hear what Dr. Bilal has to say. Uh, so, Dr. Joseph, I look forward to your comments, and uh, I, I will listen earnestly and hear what you have to say, but I'm going to start this debate by a firm no after you, sir. All right. Well, since Dr. Joseph is going to say yes, I guess you're up. It's no problem. I, I, think, I think one, one point clarage. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> I, I haven't said anything yet, so let me finish, and then you can decide if you should have let me go first or not. So I think that um, I think a couple things. I think um, when we talk about yes and no, the really it's important to understand the why. And I think we're talking about early career, and we're talking about people that are now trying to find ways to make an impact and find their their journeys. And and that's that's I think the most important thing. And and I would say that I just want to mention a couple things about the word yes and why it's important. And you know I think. Uh, when you look at life in general, there's never a perfect time, right? We never, you don't know what, like a week from now, what's going to hit you, whether it be COVID or something else. So you really can't know that the moment that you're in, that that's going to be, or there's going to be another perfect time. I think that's, that's one. I think, I think when you say no, you're shutting a conversation. I mean, Dr. Claridge is very quiet right now because he said no. So I get to speak for a little bit. And I think, um, but I think yes, opens conversations. It helps you network uh, it helps you uh, find people. The other thing is, uh, you know, you may uh, uh, um, 
Dr. Latha, you may feel now more comfortable coming to me because you know I'm always going to say yes. So that that nurtures an environment. I mean, I think, and I know I'm being a little funny here, but that's the reality. People get comfortable with you when they know that you have that ability. And then the one other thing, I don't want to put all my cards out on the table yet, but I think the one other thing is we live in a society that's so afraid to fail. And, you know, I think sometimes when you're saying no, there's a lot of reasons you may or may not uh, make that decision, but often it's the worry of failing and it's okay to fail. It's okay to try and fail. That's, that's the society, you know, we've gotten to this world where it's not okay to, to, to fail. And I think, I think by saying yes, you're opening an opportunity and, and a risk. You're putting yourself out there. You're pushing yourself beyond your borders. And honestly, if you fail that it's okay, you learn from that, that opportunity. And, and you also learn how to uh, say yes to things in the future that may take you even further. So I'll just um, I'll stop there for a minute and 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 see what you have to say, and then um, we'll bring Doctor Claridge out of the dark for saying no, and let him have a chance to to, to feel the world of yes, because unfortunately <laughs> here he, here he is, he's gonna have to come through anyway. So no, that that was a great uh, point that it uh, opens conversations and gives an opportunity to network. I guess one thing that I know that a lot of my colleagues and myself struggle with is how do you know when you're saying no for fear of failing versus when you are saying no because you're truly so stretched or truly uh, so misaligned with that project that you know you're not gonna do justice to it. How do you uh, navigate that self-reflection? I think, I think you gotta stop focusing on the impossible right like if you walk into it it's like a way of life right it's a it's a it's a mojo like if you just say yes you give yourself a chance i mean you're you're guessing that you're not going to be additive to that project because you have so many other things and family and work and call and all this stuff like you're you're projecting subjectively non-objectively when you make that initial decision and i think i think you it's a world of you know i think prove the possible don't don't prove the impossible and i think no, no great athlete, no great leader, no great family member can do all of this by, by holding, you know, when you're reserving yourself and holding yourself back, you're living on this island of worry and this island, you know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like the energy you put into proving that you should say no, you could use to, to get things in. And I look at my own career, you know, I will tell you, I, I didn't come up very traditional as a foreign medical grad, and I didn't come from a big program and on and on. But you know, it helped me open up doors and opportunities forward every single time. And I never knew it helped me build confidence. I mean, all of us live with a little imposter syndrome and, you know, and, and when you say yes, you're, you're putting yourself out there, you know, it's weird, but you do it and you, but then when you complete it, you look back, you're like, wow, I, I actually have more capabilities than I even knew I did. And then the next time it pushes you even more and it helps you. I think the last thing is I'm a, very, I'm a procrastinator by by birth like my whole life I've been a procrastinator and I think and I'm not very organized I know people think that I'm probably am or just because they see the output but I'm really not and what what saying yes has done is it forces me to learn habits and traits of others who are and I and then you're associating yourself in a network of people and you learn from them you talk you discuss because I mean the the more you put yourself on this island of alone I think you 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 don't learn from others' failures and others' experiences. And it just, it keeps you on that silo. And so that, that would be my, you know, that's my two cents on, on the subject. It really, I think just opens 
a world of uh, kindness. You become you become confident. You become healthier. Your mindset is just very positive. And then you know you you actually have fun. I think that's the last part. Like work, if it's work, it's never going to be fun. But when you just say yes and you're like, oh my god, I got so it's like pushing yourself, and that's part of you know going forward. Um, as someone who's excited about everything, do you think that there's always uh, that there's um, ever a risk that if you say yes to too many things uh, that are diverse, that you might get perceived as someone who's truly not serious about anything? Sound like a trauma surgeon. We're a jack of all trades. <laughs> it's, true. <laughs> it's true. Like you do vascular, do you do cardiac? Do you do this? Do you do that? And that's that's our world, right? Like that's who we are as a profession. So if you put that, I don't think it's a matter of being serious. I think I think look, you you have to also know. I mean, sometimes saying yes is saying no, right? So when you're saying yes to a task. Uh, you're saying no to more hours on Netflix or, you know, or more, you know what I mean? Like you're putting yourself forward, like here, like, I think those are some of the things that, that the yes environment, the yes culture is, is okay. And fail. like I said, you cannot be afraid to fail. We're all going to fail in things. And I think just putting yourself out there to more opportunities, you just don't know what world, you're not going to know what world that yes is going to lead you to. And I tell you more times than not, even if it's, a world of, of understanding, you know, this, how supportive people are, how much people are willing to help you and tolerate your, 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 your multitasking, you know, life. I, I think that's all part of it. I mean, as many times you, you, you say yes, and you can't commit as much as everyone else, but you still learn, you still grow, you still develop things. And then you, you realize that you're not alone in this world. I really, I really think that's important. So it's really helpful. Dr. Claridge. You've been waiting uh, to take the stand, but that's what you get for saying no. That's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I, it, it's always an honor to listen to Bilal. Uh, very thoughtful um, and, uh, you know, has great values and share, shares those with us. And, uh, you know, I think much of what he said is spot on. So, uh, again, uh, Bilal, it's always, again, an honor to, to work with you and, I think your comments are great. And as someone who always said yes, uh, I would say it was also my greatest flaw because I would not uh, sometimes you get yourself in a position where you you you, you do fail. And uh, I think I could have not failed doing something or not looked uh, disorganized and chaotic if I would have said no once in a while. So I have two major, major comments um, that uh, I, I, I think as I listen to this, um, you know, one, I think it's always important to listen first. We have two ears, one mouth. So it's uh, someone who is voted the class most talkative. I, I've had to learn um, to listen more. And that's been very important. And sometimes by saying no, or, or uh, kind of putting yourself out there first, you, you listen. And sometimes you don't need to say anything. So, but my two comments are, one, I think it is unbelievably important to learn how to say no. It's the first word we really learn. It's a very powerful word. And you have to do that to protect some key elements of your tree. Um, it's it's your, your roots or your principles, the mission, and your values. And you must say no. You must say no to protect those. Um, and I'll, I'll give the example of we were supposed to do this. And I again, I want to thank you both for understanding. Uh, you weren't there. And I, I'm trying to get a little personal, but you know, I had to say no. We were gonna. We were all scheduled to go for this uh, a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago, and I had a family issue, and it was private. 
and uh um i'm just gonna say that's not no that's like we'll do it later let's just be clear yeah yeah no you're right but 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 i said no later yeah but the old (laughs) me would still try to squeeze it in it absolutely would have squeezed it in and i literally walked past my secretary and i said i have to leave now and she looked at me because i've never said that before and i said don't ask i have to go now and cheryl's like my family uh and she texted me later like i was really worried and i touched base when i could and i i said just tell people i can't i can't today no and i left and it was really and you were such a kind person and and you texted me later you were concerned about my well-being and i said i'm fine everything's okay now but i i had to protect my core being and i had to protect my family so that was i said no i I literally said no and then this just leads to my second part you need to learn to say no in a way uh that doesn't close doors necessarily and that's the risk right i agree with you that's the risk um, but you, you need to do it in a way that you, you, you say yes to the initial thing and, uh, Hey, I'm, thank you for bringing that up to me. That sounds like a great idea. And then you think of it, if it doesn't help your career, it, it is something that you may not be, certainly if it doesn't jive with your mission, your values and your principles, you need to learn to change the no to a yes that makes sense to you. And sometimes that's sponsoring someone else. Hey, I have a junior partner. This would be fantastic for them. I'll help them get off the ground on this and and, and pitch it to them. And I think it's a great opportunity. So, but you're saying no, you're saying I'm not gonna do this, but you're finding a way to get to yes in a a way that uh, one, you don't shut that door because I agree with Bilal, you you wanna keep an open door and you wanna be receptive, but you've gotta protect yourself and, and what you can and can't do, especially if it disrupts those those core principles that I discussed. And and then you, you say yes, actually. You say yes in a way that the person doesn't realize you, you just told them no, flat out. So you're not that infant who just said no, 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 no. You're you're very strategic. You're very smart about it. You listen first and then you phrase it back in a way that says, Hey, I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh but right now I, I don't think I can do it in this way. What do you think about and then you either sponsor someone or you phrase it in a way that it, it aligns with your principles and missions and values and is in, can be something you can do. And, and that's, so that's my, those are my two strategies. And, and I would say as someone who always said yes, I have really started to morph on this. And I think you've seen it in person sometimes. I literally will – I have an open door, but there's times where I literally will say, I can't do this right now. Let's do it later or no we can only talk about this for 10 minutes and then I have to move on. But people still, you know, you're still, uh, you're protecting yourself and you're, you're actually telling them, no, I can't do this right now. Um, and, you know, I think people will respect that. Uh, you need to keep the nose close uh, and you don't just say that as your first response. It's strategic, it's calculated, and it's after you listen. So those are my comments. Can I can I chime in on two of the concepts? Absolutely, please do. I think one concept uh, Dr. Claire's commented on that's very important is the, what I call the leadership. Yes, and that's you know uh, you know hey here's another opportunity. You know people like to you know you're the president of East for example. People want to go to you and say we want the president of East, but you can't go say well I'm going to give it to one of my partners. But I do think one way um, the other way to look and that, that's not really a no is you know, the journey is with someone. So now, you know, in the beginning, it's of yes for yourself to, to develop those skill sets, to get those invitations, to get those chapters, to get those other things, to build your, your career. But I think that instead of the no, but this person, I, I try to do a little different. I'm more in the line of, 
yeah, I'm happy to, but I'm bringing so-and-so with me. And then you give them the opportunity to bring their foot in the door. And the next time, hopefully, you know, more times than not, most of my partners do better than I do. And then they're the ones getting, you know, but, but unless you get on that podium the first time at a conference. And I think, I think Jeff's bringing different things and he's bringing in family, he's bringing in work, he's bringing in career. I think those are very different things, but I think, you know, it's true, you know, and, and when Peter Reed used to always tell me, he's like, every time you talk on a podium, he's like, someone in the audience is going to walk up to you and say, hey, I have this conference. I want you to come talk to us in six months or one year. And that's where I start bringing in the the the, the others to help. And, and so it's a journey with with someone. And then and then the other thing Dr. Claridge mentioned, I don't know, Jeff, if you want to say anything to that or. Uh, so No, just, I totally agree. I, yeah, I think it is. It, and I tell people. You know, I think we are all it's funny when you describe yourself, I'm like, hey, man, that's me, you know, as well. Uh, so I think we are that yeah. um, it is, needs to be about the journey and we, we need to bring people along. So it's not the next step. You know, we're goal oriented, but you really need to enjoy the journey. And it is better to do it with others. And I don't know about you, but I can I can almost feel you say the same thing. It is there's nothing that makes you more proud and fulfilled than watching someone that you've mentored get up on the podium and just nail it. Uh, and you're like, yeah, that and felt the, really good. <laughs> in the, right. And the leadership, yes, is, you know, you're giving trust and empowerment to those people around to your network. And I think that's very important. So even when I don't want to say yes, I say yes for my team and that's okay because now you're trusting them, you're empowering them and you're giving that confidence back to help build them. I think that's, that's important. And then the other thing Dr. Claridge mentioned in his two things was what I call risk tolerance, you know? And, and that's the question is, what's the risk tolerance that you're willing to take? And that's where that no comes from. And, and I don't think any of us know our, our capabilities. And, and there's times, you know, you, your risk tolerance may be high and there's times your risk tolerance may be low. Like when we're getting slammed with, with COVID and ICU and we're doing extra shifts and, you know, your risk tolerance, but also you'll, you'll see that the environment the, the requests and the asks from others is going down because everybody's dealing with it, right? But there's times when we, we're not in a pandemic where you're early in your career, you know, I think you got to take risks. You have to. That's part of, you know, that's part of, you know, I mean, I don't know. The, the real hard thing is defining what is the end point? What's the goal? Is it becoming president of East, for example? Is it becoming, and, and, and all those things, Dr. Clear said, oh, I said, if I would have said no to, if I would have said no to if you would have said no to him, you may not have been the president of East. I'm not saying that's the goal or that's the trophy, but that's a huge compliment to everything you said yes to coming together. And I think that's that's the other side. We don't have a scorecard like it's the first one to 100 or it's president of East. Or it's, you know, it's a mem- it, it, we don't have that. But I do think there's a little bit of, you know, what are you know, reaching those milestones means something and they come from something. And so I think if you don't know, you know, uh, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. But but we do know where we're going a little bit. And it is about getting to a point where you're mentoring and developing and then leading our society, leading our country and our surgeons. And I mean, these are these are things that I think people who say yes in their careers get to. And when you don't say yes, I think that's when those doors kind of close or people don't see it that way. I, I don't know that that that's my my it's it's. I always look at things as, as, you know, it's okay to be in that world of pushing and competitive and risk and, and tolerating the risk. So whatever you're, you have to know your own risk tolerance. And I will tell you, 
it's okay to be vulnerable. Like that's another word. Like you have to be vulnerable and you have to build your resilience. So when you fail, that you bounce back the next time someone asks you. Because if I if I say yes to something, I don't do well, and I you know recorded the talk late or wrote wrote my last. I was the last one to submit, and this you know the next time you get asked a question, you you have that little fear. And but what it does is it helps build the resilience that that's okay. It's okay to do that. So I'm going to take that a little bit, uh, and I, I love the point of, about lit risk tolerance. And, uh, and and again, I think there's make yourself vulnerable, and it makes you grow. And and uh, I will give a little preamble to uh, my uh, east. I am going to definitely push my personal boundaries in my east address. Uh, I have been uncomfortable about it. I'm doing things that I have not done before, and I'm sharing things that I haven't before. Uh, and I think for us, Dr. Joseph, that. Uh, it is uncomfortable for many of us to say no, and that's why it is so important to say at times so that you can say yes. You have to be able to learn to say no, but do it in a way that it does keep those doors open. And uh, I, I think that that is absolutely essential. Um, it, it's, again, one of the most powerful things you can say is no, but say it in a way that is respectful, and it tries to still get to yes at the end for, for some other person some other way so um it, it, and that is a risk you saying no you you need to know thyself and be able to say no and, and that is actually showing risk and sometimes for me it, it is pushing my comfort zone and i'll give you an example of when i think i gained trust and i gained respect from my group uh by saying no recently and uh it, you know it's a, so it's a work story and, and i think everyone at work knows uh, they, they know what the answer is. We were asked to do X and Y by so-and-so because we are the jack of all trades, to quote you. And what most people don't know is the rest of that phrase. We are the jack of all trades, right? Uh, but master of none is how it's, it ends typically. Jack of all trades and master of none. But it is better to be, uh, you know, if you look the quote up, it, it, as I recall, it goes, uh, it is uh, better to be a jack of all trades than master of none. It, 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 but it goes on to say, uh, but being a master of one is not as good as being, you know, skilled at many things. So, I, uh, Pern, I would ask if we look that quote up, that quote is only half complete, and it is really better to be multifaceted. And so I'm getting to a wrong, roundabout story that's uh, kind of going on a little long, but I say yes at work all the time. Yes, we can take care of this. Now, yes, we just agreed to take uh, any procedure on COVID patients. Our acute care team is, is willing to step up and take those patients. We are taking care of COVID patients. We just had a lecture by our ID group, um, but and we've got an extra team now. But recently, we were asked, hey, can we put another team together to cover inpatient medicine um, and have our team of docs around on those? And I, I literally said there, there was no fancy way I and I responded back to the team no we we cannot do that we already stretched to the thinnest and I said no and it was at risk I had to say that to the highest levels in the hospital but my group actually I think uh, Pern, I don't know if you were at that meeting but everyone's like thank you thank you yeah uh, no I think absolutely if I would have said yes they would have done it but yeah. it would have not been the right thing to do so it was a strategic risk-taking no and yeah. I said no so, Dr. Claridge, question for you. Um, of course, you know, at your level of leadership, when you're saying yes or no, oftentimes it's commitment for the team that you're leading and uh, a lot of people who are relying on you. Coming back to uh, junior faculty who are trying to develop themselves academically, 
how do you say no without risking that you're never going to get asked again? And at the same time, how do you resist the urge to say yes to everything because you keep wanting to shine and then find yourself that you've stretched yourself too thin at that point? Do you go back to the person who gave you the task and say, hey, this is the situation I'm in? Or is that a time to, you know, uh, not and just pull through and uh, remember your own limits the next time? Do you have any favorite phrases or any um, tools for self-reflection to prevent getting in a soup of overcommitment? Well, I'm in that soup often. Bring crackers um, and a big spoon, but uh, you, you need to finish it. So if you say yes, I think it is crucial uh, to, to follow through. It is it is better to finish one project than not complete ten. Uh, but ask for help. It is never wrong to ask for help. And we have we're a team, and we teach team concepts. Uh, again, what's great being about a trauma surgeon is we we know thy team, and we know we have a team to help on. So so I, again, I would. If you do get yourself in that situation uh, and you want to go to the person to ask, be honest. Uh, I've had to do this recently uh, and say, hey, I, I've got a little bit too many commitments. Uh, I would ask again. I might ask to bring someone I want to mentor and, and help and help them or ask if you can ask for ask others for help. So ask for help is the short short answer to the question. That That's great advice. Um... Another one that I struggle with is how do you uh, truly know if you're being asked or if you're being voluntold? Are there um, are there secret phrases that would tell you? Uh, again, I think as the person who is on the asking end asking, of that yeah. a lot now, I tell you, right? I say this is, hey, you. I, I am very open with the group, and I think I, I'll be interested in, in Bilal's thought on this. But to me, it's if I say, hey, this is – Purely, I'm asking, and it's okay to say no. And I think, as people who ask that, we need to be okay with a no. Um, and, and again, saying how important it is. But your leader should ask that in a way that that says, "Hey, I'm, I, you know, I need you to do this." So if you hear the word "need," or this is really important, I, I don't generally ask then. But if I ask you a question, "Hey, can you switch call with me?" Uh, because I want to go see the calves but you don't have to. That That is one you absolutely, there is zero risk to you if you say no, zero. And and so that we have to learn as the askers, uh, if we're really asking, we need to be open to a yes or a no. And we should not just take advantage of someone always taking yes, because that person, and, and I think Dr. Joseph will agree, the person who always says yes will be sometimes taken advantage of. Dr. Oh Joseph? Can I say yes, it's your turn. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I think um, I think when a leader is asking something, when they ask the group, "Hey, I have this chapter. Hey, can anyone do this?" More times than getting no, you get silence from a lot of people, right? Most people just don't answer. <laughs> and I think that's again. I think we're talking, we're talking about career. It's different than you being the call person coverage. Like I, you know, we've had young faculty who just say yes, and you know, they may not have family or they may not have this, and everyone wants to go to them all the time. And you got to help them learn to put that um, uh, boundary up because I think distribution equity is important, right? Like that's the other side of that. And so I think um, more on the lines of staying silent than saying no. But when I 
when 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 uh, you're looking for a leadership, yes. If you're talking, your leader is talking to you directly. If your colleague or your partner or someone in the societies, I think that's a different type of, you know, that's where you know it's 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 like that's the voluntold more than it is because that's one of the things I've struggled with as a leader, not just here in Arizona, but even on committees and societies, uh, is is sometimes you you want to push people past their and tell you know letting them know that it's okay that you're taking this and you don't have time and you're, you may fail. It's okay, but I'm here with you to catch you. If you do, I think th that's the other side of that. And so I think when it's a direct conversation and, and you know, I, we've given opportunities to people and, and they, you know, their first response, I need to think about it or no, or I don't have, and you're like, this opportunity is not coming back. This chance of being whatever it is. I don't, you know, director of X, is never going to, because if someone else takes this directorship, you're never going to get it because it's going to be three, five, seven years again before this opportunity comes up. And you'd be like, oh, it's not time. I'm too young. I don't know. I don't want, you know, it's not me. Okay, take it, give it a chance, see if it fits in. And then if it doesn't in three months, six months, one year, it's okay to say, I tried and I'm going to push it away. I don't want to be the director of X anymore. You know, and I think that's that's the other side of that. And I can tell you, I've had that conversation numerous times where an opportunity, because not, you know, you got to be clear, like if it's a book chapter or a paper or something, those come every other day, right? Like, you know, or a review of paper, but but there are some opportunities and it's identifying the opportunity and what it is and understanding the why of this opportunity is a yes right now, because some of those opportunities don't come back for years. And I think uh, that's another way to think about that, where, where you know, identifying the opportunity, it's, it's timing. It may not be perfect for you, but there's never a perfect time for it. But that opportunity itself, the time to be the director or the leader of this specific thing may never come back in your career at that time. And I think that's the other side of it. So take it, try it. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. But you don't know that it doesn't work out. You're assuming it doesn't. It's all your risk tolerance. It's all those things we talked about. And that's, and I, I'm telling you, I've had some uncomfortable conversations about the opportunity that may not come back for the next five or seven years because some other person is going to take it. And and six months later, a year later, I would say more times than not, and I'd be interested in what Jeff thinks, more times than not, the person who didn't want to take that opportunity that's very rare, takes that opportunity, runs with it, is super successful with it and they come back and say thank you for pushing me to that opportunity and i think i've heard that more times than i can't believe you made me take this opportunity i, I should have never done it it ruined my career i don't want to go down that road and, and all along you're there supporting them with it and i think that's important it's also when and what the opportunity is that's a great point. That's I mean, great point. Jeff taking taking a call for Jeff while he goes to the Cavs game probably comes like in eighty two games in a season. <laughs> but like, but other and, that, and you know, but there are things like that. You know, like this is going to come back next week when he wants to go to the next playoff game or something like that. But but the other ones, directorships, uh, committee chair, like that kind of you're not going to have a president of East at your organization for a, a little while. I would say right. And, and hopefully all of you getting that opportunity in that line, but now's your chance. So if there's an opportunity at East and you have the president who works in it, that's okay. It's good. You know, that's the opportunity for that. And I think those are, those are things you got to put the environmental risks and consequences also into that equation. It's very complex. 
Now has, um, you know, a lot of us don't have our uh, trajectory completely figured out, step A to step B to step C. And often the opportunity that's presented to you isn't something you ever necessarily <laughs> thought would be the trajectory of your career. At um, any any advice on figuring out if this is this is a push that you should try versus something that absolutely does not align, and in your career have you benefited more from taking opportunities that you thought didn't align or vice versa? If you would have ever asked me when I was a fellow or first year graduate out of shock drama, I would have been a division chief or published X number of papers or been known as research or you know, been on the head of a committee, the answer would have been no, 100% no. And, and now, Jeff, do you ever think you would have been the president of East, for example? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, no. Yeah, but but my point is that, is like, you, no, no matter how much you plan, the only thing predictable about the future is it's not predictable. We just don't know what tomorrow brings. I'm telling you, I think it's really important to remember that. And so when you when you're saying these yes things, it brings more things. When you say no, I think it just puts you in the dark. You can you can guarantee your path by saying no a lot better than guaranteeing your path by saying yes. And and I think that's important to think about. And that's again, it's it's defining your terms and your journey along the way to get to that point. And so yeah, and I think that's why it's so important to be strategic because there are things that you should not say no to. And if you said yes to a billion other things, you might be overcommitted, and uh, that is recognized. So. It, it, the one thing that's upset me is when someone else has said no for me uh, because they think I've got too many things to do and they, how, well, I didn't think you'd be interested in that. And, and it's happened to me twice uh, that at relatively high levels that I looked them in the eye and they were usually someone who is, you know, I answered to, or in some way, you know, and I looked them in the eye and I very politely said, that is my question to ask. Right. That is my, that is for me to decide. Do I need to give a strategic no, which may be incredibly important, or to say yes, but don't let someone else ever give your no, um, because that that is that is uh, that is a problem. And uh, I think we're guilty of doing that. You know, people say, hey, they're this, this and this. They wouldn't want that opportunity. They can't do that. Um, it, it, that's not fair. It's, it's got to be up to you to give the strategic no. Um, and. and Paul said, um, saying no is very powerful, very powerful. You must do it when it's uh, only when uh, it is important for your principles, values, or the mission uh, that you're on. And uh, I'm going to take, take a little advantage and ride this wave a little bit, but just say, let's say the more you say, like if I call someone, you know, if the fifth time they've told me no, they don't want to help with this. I've got like, that's it. It's okay. Whatever they've decided they want to focus on right now. It's all right. Like, I'm, that's not, I'm not saying I'm like, it's not punitive. It's not fun. I'm not punishing them, but I just know that like, I don't want to put them in that situation for the sixth time. Right. But maybe that sixth opportunity would have been something that. So that it is burning a bridge in, in some I, ways, I, I guess. Well, I do think at some point, I do think that's why I'm a big believer in the yes, because, you know, it's not, and Jeff mentioned this. I think it's important. He mentioned there's, it's, it's a very, you know, it's the Jedi. Yes where you're saying yes, you're, you're using the force to flip it in a way that you take it in. You're always, you know, come to me, come to me, come to me, come to me. 
Like you, you get that. That's a culture. People look at you and say, "Oh my God, that's a come to me person." Like you, go, you go to them. They're gonna, they're gonna help. They're gonna get you. They're gonna take you somewhere. And I think that's that's important. That come to me environment. And so there is an early. Now again, I'm, I want to be clear. We're talking about early in the career. We're still identifying. We're still being developing who you are, what you are, why you're doing what you're doing. That's where I think it's important to keep that yes, because as long as those opportunities keep coming and at some point you become a master of whatever you decide to be and you've reached the highest level in your mind of what you've committed yourself to, then it's okay to, 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 you know, swerve things away and say no, because you've, you've gotten all the opportunities you needed and wanted. Cause that's coming over the hill of where you are in your career now. And you're starting to defer these things to your partners, to your colleagues, to your mentees across the country. So, yeah, I agree. Um, Except I would ahead. call it the Jedi know. The Jedi know because <laughs> you, you actually yes, buddy, the Jedi. Yeah, the Jedi know because you actually said no, but the person thought you said yes. Um, and, and it's totally true. It needs to change as your career changes. When you start out, the no should be pretty rare. Uh, but as you move along, um, then you need to learn that Jedi mind trick. Um, so it's kind of funny. I think we we have uh, different philosophies, but if you really listen, we're saying pretty much the same thing. <laughs> or I've just tricked Bilal into thinking that with my Jedi tricks. <laughs> I'll give you an example, like book chapters. You know, I remember the first time I had a book chapter, and I said yes, and I was late. I was like losing my mind, and I was like, "Oh my okay. god, this is the end of the world!" And you realize about ninety percent of people who write book chapters are usually about a week or two late. Like that's just the normal way it works. And so I just worked with one of my colleagues on a book chapter and it was the due date. And they're like, we need, like, no, no, it's due tomorrow. You know, and then you're like, but you've already been down that road to realize that, you know what, it's, it's okay. And it's, and you, and it's funny to see that each of us go through that transition and, tra mm -hmm. and, you know, you're doing them a favor. It's free labor. You're writing the chapter for, you know what I mean? Like, I, I hate to say that, but there's the other side of this where, you know, every opportunity is also you helping this next person. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I'm not saying you should be late, in it, but sometimes those things are normal. They're normally part of the system. We just look at them as failures. And, and I think we're a little less tolerant to those early on. Like, ah, it's due 31st. It needs to be the 31st versus, okay, if they get it the 5th or the 3rd or the 7th, it's okay. You know, like, it's not going to change. The book's not going to be published the next day. And there are some things like the East deadline for manuscripts that is December 1st. That, you know, those things are That's hard. That's a hard date. date. That's very different. <laughs> But like, I think, again, it's identifying the opportunity, how frequent, how rare, how complex, how hard is the deadline when you make your decisions. So you both advise that it is better to err on the side of saying yes, especially when early career. And many of our Twitter followers had similar advice. One said, say yes until you can afford to say no. So for our listeners who are mid-career, uh, when do they know that they've gotten to that point? And when does it become okay to start saying no? Again, it's always okay to say no, always. Um, so I think that's kind of important going to our discussion, but it may close the door. Um, yeah. So you got to decide. And I would say early on, you need to make sure doors are open. Um, and, and so as that goes on, it's about what the law said, it's risk tolerance. So it, um, yeah. when you get a little long, in career saying no you 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 need to be strategic about it and say i'm okay if this does opportunity doesn't come around again because i'm content with that but early on you don't know what your journey is going to be and, and you want to keep as many options open as possible so that, that'd be my advice 
Yeah, I think I think you never know. I tell you, I think, <laughs> and I really mean that because <clears throat> I think there's two sides of this. It's not just about how people perceive you. See, you. like sometimes you saying no, are you becoming content? Are you comfortable where you are? Have you met the end of your journey? And you're, and that's why for me, it's like you know, there's that struggle of the side of it too. Like push more, and more. Like it's a fire every day. Let's go. You know, let's do more. Let's do more. And I think. It's your pace. It's your marathon, you know, so it's not a date. It's not how fast you can sprint to each project. This is a long pace. And I think, you know, there's going to be different challenges at different points. And I think, you know, I, I find it like very difficult still, you know, whether it's a Jedi, yes, or a, here, bring, my, bring my partner with me. Yes. Jedi, no. or, or it's my own. Yes. I think it's important that you, you, like it's part of, like I feel like yes, there's still so much. And and then the last thing I would just want to add to that is time is short. I cannot believe, for example, that I'm at you know twelve, ten years, uh, twelve years out of fellowship. Mm -hmm. And you know you're like, and you start seeing all these new fellows coming out. And you're like, I guess, you know, but time flies. Time is so short. And so you know the nos, the number of nos you have. I'm gonna tell you, it just quickly, no matter as your time keeps going and you age out of East, for example, or you age out of these others, like those things don't give you a chance to say yes or no, you're out of the game. And I think that's another way to, to think about it and look at it. Like there's sometimes the, the environmental factors don't give you an opportunity to even have a say in any of that. So. Um, how would you prioritize local uh, opportunities versus national opportunities versus, uh, you know, regional opportunities? How, how would you prioritize those? Are some, uh, more important to say yes than others? And how would you balance that? You know, I think one it depends on your system. Are you an academic, non-academic system? I think understanding your promotion and tenure, like right when you commit to an academic institution or university, there's a reason you're going there. Maybe those things mean things to you. I think understanding what 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 is needed from you, what is asked of you between your your promotions, I think that's important. And so I think that's one. And I, and I think, you know, I, you know, people are all, but I think don't, don't let, don't set your boundaries. Like don't, don't make those your limits per se. I think you, you can't, you can't go up for associate because it's only been X number of years because, but, but I met all the criteria. I did all the things. And I think, you know, you can't um, just remember who pays your bills, you know? So if you're this superstar at East and nationally, like your paycheck comes from your, your mind comes from the University of Arizona, for example, you can't forget that either. Like that, that's a, and so when I say that is that some of the, there is a need for you. It's a great question. There is a need for you locally with your own people, with your teammates, with your leadership. And there is, and that's the balance. So now we're talking balance. So there's risk and then there's balance. And I think balancing that I probably overbalance early on more national things than local things. And then I realized I needed to come to you. And that may help triage, you know, what is more important right now if you get multiple opportunities asked you at once. Like, you know, where where is where does it where is the triage most important? Where's the need? If you're struggling with COVID and you're and you your partners and you're everyone's doing it and you're out running around, you know, or doing other things, that's not necessarily appropriate or balanced. And again, here we go talking about the environmental factors that help influence that decision. And, and it's not that simple word uh, of yes or no. Dr. Claridge? Yeah, Perna, I, I can, uh, so I did my SIS talk on what it's all about balance. And, and one of the key things that I'll bring back, and I think I'm uh, talking next week um, on this concept, local versus national versus, you must 
you must have a strong foundation. And your foundation is your home. And in this case, I'm talking about your work home. And if you don't build a strong uh, uh, foundation there, I, I don't think you'll be successful nationally, or you will be one time. Um, so you want to have a really strong foundation. You want your you want your peers to look at you and know that you're taking care of your your colleagues and your patients first, um, and that's your highest priority. And so build that strong foundation uh, is it, kind of important. And if you do it really well, um, it'll get national recognition. So that's how I would strongly recommend people build their careers. But but, but to that point again. Our world is not an individual. Our world is a team. And I think if you're the team member who's out publishing, pushing out there, going to meetings, representing the division, that's okay. As long as the rest of the team has that understanding. Does that make sense? As long as you're not making an isolated individual decision. Maybe you're the team member who who is more regional, more policy, more you know protocols in place. And I think when you all sit together as a team, because I think the minute you step onto that individual world, it becomes hard to kind of define these things. You, you, if the team is asking you to be this person, whatever that person is, and that's your role, that's okay too. So it's not, you know what I mean? Like, so if you're all meetings, 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 or opportunity nationally, but that's what the team had asked of you, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, that's an understanding. And that comes from your leadership and your team making that decision. Who's our pitcher who's our catcher who's our first baseman who's the right field because not everybody can be the pitcher not everybody can be the catcher not everybody can be the coach i think and that's 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 identifying your roles and knowing that you can't have a whole team of you know shooting guards and no centers i mean whatever sports whatever you want to use to, to use it. in the military same thing you can't have a whole bunch of snipers and no other ground people like i think it, that's the team so that that's a great point um yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I uh, entered this uh, meeting today hoping to have a very clear cut. This is when I say yes, and this is how I say no. And I think that I'm realizing that the lines are way more blurred than uh, I think uh, people realize. Because like Dr. Claridge mentioned, I think you both are saying very similar things, whether it's a Jedi yes or a Jedi no. The truth is, Sometimes they're the same thing, and I think uh, viewing it from uh, different angles sometimes just helps understand how similar the approach can be and hearing from two leaders how their career trajectories um, ended up becoming something they couldn't have predicted day one is very reassuring for uh, junior faculty who are still trying to find where they fit in and where they might shine most. That's a great point. And I just want to add one other piece to this. I think, um, and I, I think I want to recognize East and its leadership and as the chair of the you know EDI committee. Like the other thing is these opportunities to say yes or no, the, that's what's happening now. Those are changing to people who never had those opportunities before. And I think that's another thing that we need to also think about as we give these opportunities, as these opportunities are out there. You know, helping people who never had these opportunities before say yes and know they're supported to say yes or or say no and they're supported to say no, I think is this is this is changing the field. And this is where I think I'm so proud of who we are as a as a as a we still have a long way to go. We still have a long way to go. But these are the things that I think are changing our world. So just to that point. Wow. 
that's really valuable. It's so important to feel supported, especially as one uh, treads the steep slope of becoming an attending from a fellow. And it's amazing how much a supportive environment can do to set you up for success. As we come to a close to our interview today, I wanted to ask you both to share your words of wisdom and your advice for our listeners. Sure, sure. I'll let Dr. Claridge go first. Oh, well, how gracious. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> so I said yes, and, and you still got to go, to go first. You see how that works? Yes, I'll give that. Yeah, perfect. That's a Jedi, yes. Perfect. That was a Jedi no. He actually said no to you. So it, it is. It's about learning how to say no and when to say no. And if you don't do that, you won't be successful. So you have to learn that. And most importantly, it is about the journey, though. You need to enjoy the journey. It is not a short race. It's a marathon of a career, um, but you need to learn how to say no in a way that, um, again, comes across as a yes, and it's very and it protects your your mission, your values, and your principles. Uh, you will not be successful unless you occasionally learn how to say no. I, I'm going to say early on, define your hilltop. The more it's hard to do, it takes a little while, but define where you're going, right? Like if once you figure out where leadership, education, national society, whatever, define your, the earlier you can get to that, the yeses and nos are irrelevant. And I would just say, uh, yes is a magical word and, and trust it. And that little word can lead you on an incredible adventure that you may have never thought you had the ability or the opportunity or even been the person to do it. So enjoy it either way. That's awesome. Uh, before we uh, close, I wanted to go back to what Dr. Claridge had said, and he had started the code, Jack of all trades. Um, I found the complete code, and I, I have to agree, I think it encompasses the spirit of being a trauma surgeon entirely. It says, Jack of all it? trades. It's a great quote. It says, Jack of all trades, master of none, taught of times better than master of one. That's us. Yep, that's us, that we are often better than master of one. And uh, if you had to pick, uh, you know, I think uh, it's awesome being a trauma surgeon. And uh, for once, uh, jack of all trades uh, gets uh, associated with pride. I think once you uh, hear the whole quote, it changes the narrative entirely. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, well, thank you both for an entertaining and informative discussion. I think, uh, you know, this is one debate that neither of you won. I think I won this because I learned the most. And uh, with me, I think our, our listeners are incredibly appreciative that you shared uh, such important points and answered a lot of questions that we have and never really ask. I uh, also want to thank uh, Twitter and all the uh, excitement that our Twitter followers built up for this debate. And thank you for posting your questions. I hope I got to cover most of them today. With that, thank you for listening to this career cast brought to you by the Career Development Committee of East. We would love to hear your comments and topics that you would like for us to cover in the future. Please also have a listen to the trauma casts, which are audio interviews produced by Online Education Committee for additional content relevant to the management of the injured patient. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone in person in East just a couple weeks uh, later. And until then, uh, take care and be safe.